Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. My mind, you just wake up and, and go rake. From Cottonwood, California. Cottonwood, California. I don't know where I, that is. I don't know where that is either. Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. Episode 77, Wake and Rake Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Uh, NL East, over-unders. Yeah, we're just firing out episodes left and right this week, baby. Opening day, just a few days away. I'm pumped for it, Brooksy. What are you most pumped for for 2023? For the NL East? It's just in general, man. Like, what are you most excited for? What, what do you want to see? You excited to see what Otani does in the contract year at... I mean, I'm the angels. I mean, I feel like we know what we're going to get from Otani. So it's not like, I don't think he's going to surprise me anymore. Yeah. We know what we're going to get, but we're also prime Otani right now. Like this is the best Otani we're going to get right now. In my opinion, he's not always going to be able to throw a hundred. He's eventually probably going to stop pitching. So let's just soak this up right now. So it's guaranteed that Mike Trout would be a Los Angeles angel longer than Otani. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I was saying, I, I almost said it on CBS Sports HQ the other day when they were like what, bragging rights between, you know, they're, they're get to play each other. And I almost said, the lo- how about they make a bet and the loser has to stay an angel for the rest of their career. <laughs> That's messed up. It is. That's really messed up. Because it's trout. Damn it. I can't wait till we get to talk American League West because then we can talk about over under what the Oakland A's are. What would you guess their win totals at? According to uh, Vegas Insider, fifty-three. You think they're going to go fifty-three? What? What is it? What is it? I'm not going to tell you. I kind of want to just wait till we do the episode. Tell me what it says. We're not going to talk about. It. I'm not going to make a pick. I just want to know what the actual number is. The Nationals are at fifty-seven, right? And I think the A's will be at like fifty-two, fifty-three, fifty-nine and a half. Hammer, hammer the under. 59 and a half for the Oakland A's. They think the well, the Nationals have, I guess, maybe they think the Nationals have tougher competition, maybe, because of their division. Maybe. And they have to play the AL East. Yeah. I don't know. You know what else we have today? A little something new on the, uh, the old docket. We're starting a fantasy baseball league. For the first time through the Wake and Rake podcast, the official Wake and Rake podcast fantasy baseball league. We had so much interest, which is fantastic. Apologize for those that aren't going to be able to make it because it's so stacked. But it's going to be a 12-team league, and we're going to have to do a draft to see who can be in the league. So we'll do that at the end of today's show. Let's get into it. Nationally, over-unders. Atlanta Braves are favored to win the National League East. Despite both teams winning 101 games last year, the Braves wound up winning the American League East, or excuse me, the National League East uh, last year. The Mets found a way to Mets. They had a gigantic lead and lost it all in the final month of the season. Again, they finished with the same win totals the Braves and Mets did, but because the Braves edged the Mets in that final series in October, uh, end of September, start of October, the Braves ended up winning the division. Now, the Braves were 101-65 and last year. They lost Dansby Swanson. They're starting shortstop. They traded away all-star William Contreras. 
and they lost Adam Duvall and Kenley Jansen. Both those guys ended up signing with Boston. They were able to add Sean Murphy, arguably one of the most underrated players and probably the most underrated catcher in all of baseball. And they also bolstered their bullpen, adding Joe Jimenez from Detroit and Lucas Lukey from the New York Yankees. The number is set at 96 and a half. Ooh, that's high. What do you think, man? That is high, but not high enough. Over. Mm. 99. I'm going to go 99. I like them a lot. I like their coaching staff. I like what they stand for. There's a big question mark at shortstop. Just want, uh, Dansby had a great year last year. He hit for a lot of power last year. Um, They sent Von Grisham down. Yeah, they they optioned him, so I guess they're going with Orlando Arcia as their shortstop. I don't know. I'm a little confused by that move because I thought Grisham was like their guy they were just going to ride with and let him groom groom him into that guy with Ron Washington. There, I was a little confused by that move. Grisham will be back. He's a good player. I just I don't I don't know why. I don't know. Like, will it be up? You know, ten days into the season. Like, what what happens? I Probably. Don't know. Um. I think Matt Olson has a, a much better year. You know, he got hot there towards the end, but he struggled for like two and a half months. The shift, the elimination of the shift. You beat me to it. The up. shift being gone is massive for him. Um, they're just really good. I mean, it's a tough division. Don't get me wrong, but we talked about this a little earlier. Mm, cut that out. This is a different pod. So the division is really good, but... They're only playing each team, what, 13 times instead of 19 times? So it's 52 divisional games instead of 76. But that also means you're not playing the Marlins or the Nationals, which you there's a lot of wins there, but there's losses against the Mets and the Phillies. So pick your poison. But um, I'm going to go 99. This is a really good team. They, they win the division again. They won 101 games last year despite Acuna missing 40 games. Despite Michael Harris coming up mid-season, he only played 114 games. Ozzy Albies only played 64 games last year. And I and I and I do want to add this. I initially did not have them winning the division, but an injury to a closer in the division changed my mind. Oh, Edwin Diaz going down, huh? I think that will cost the Mets a a couple a handful of wins. Hmm. That's thirty some thirty plus saves gone. They're gonna have to mix and match. They're either gonna it's either gonna be Ottavino and uh Robertson mm-hmm. tag teaming or uh, you know, closed by saved by committee, or they're gonna have to make a trade for I was gonna say Daniel Bard, but he looked really bad in his last outing. Like he had the yips again, which is scary, and I hope that's not the case because he made a hell of a comeback. Um who else could they go after? I don't know. Bullpen wise? Yeah, I could see them going after. I mean, you, they don't want a Raldis. No. Bard was on my radar. And then there was someone else. I wonder if the Brewers. Oh, Scott Barlow. Scott, Scott Barlow from Kansas Royals. City. I'm thinking of guys from like bad teams. I wonder if the Brewers are out of it, if they'll potentially deal Devin Williams similar to how they handled. Josh Hader. Yeah, Corbett, but no, Corbett, this Corbett. isn't something I don't think the Mets this isn't a deadline thing. I think this is something like oh, right. sooner than later because they want some money for the whole season. There were rumors that they could go get Edwin's brother from Cincinnati, Alexis. 
he has good stuff, but he yeah. walks a lot of people still. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's an everyday closer yet, in my opinion. Not for a team that's ready to win now. Yeah, David Robertson. He's great in Cincinnati, but Robertson handled it pretty well in Philly. Closing duty. He did, but I just eh. he doesn't have your typical closer, ninety-nine mile an hour fastball, no. but he does the job. Yeah, he's um, yeah. I don't know. I think they they make a move. I think Scott Barlow would be nice for mm-hmm. them. Speaking of relief pitchers, man, Bryce Iglesias is coming back for Atlanta, and he's gonna he's expected to take on the closer role now that Kenley Jansen is gone. Right. Another great pickup. He was good in LA. Alex Anthopoulos rarely ever thinks right now, unless it's a guy like Eddie Rosario and it's, you know, it's not going to cost you much. Um, Jorge Soler. He's always thinking long-term. He's signing these young guys like Spencer Strider, extension, Austin Riley, extension. Uh, He locked up Acuna and Albies, you know, years ago. I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. At Olsen. I'm going to throw this out there and we'll get to this in a pod coming up, but I'm going to just give this Spencer Strider is my dark horse in Elsa young. Yeah. I think you mentioned that before and I stole that and I went on a betting show like a week later and I used that same pick. Sounded like a genius. I didn't credit you at all. That's fine. I don't need it. I got a hot wife, cool kids, <laughs> not a lot of money, but I'm working on it. Cool job. I don't or need credit. I don't need or your credit. <laughs> I went up to, forgot to tell you this story. I went up to New York City for March Madness this last week. And what if I told you I'm boys with Gene Steratore now? Our rules. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I met him at the SEC Championship. He was super cool. Super he looks like cool he's dude. in the mafia, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, he does. Like the slick back hair. He's super yeah. tan. He's always in a suit. He's just got that like swag about him, you know? For, that, for those that don't know Gene Steratore, he's a rules analyst for CBS Sports. So he does. Whenever there's a controversial call on any of our NFL or college basketball games. He, he was an official on. for a long time. Yeah, he's a stud. He's got a whole crew. So his whole production setup is in New York City. I don't know if you know this. In no, New York City. Basically, he has, this, he has another official in the room. They banter about calls all day. This is March Madness tournament. So he's in there from 8 a.m. till 2 a.m. at night. You know the amount of caffeine that would take? Yeah. The only break he gets is if he runs the restroom. He has food brought to him. He's in a dark room with no windows. He's there for 14 hours a day. So I was going to say 12 hours, but yeah. 12, 12 to 14 hours a day. Yeah. Well, game start at noon. Yeah, but he gets there early. Prep. Does he? He does. I was there. What are you prepping for? You got to watch the game. Don't question right, the great. Can we get back on track? Don't question the great. What did, did, what did you take on the What did you take on the Braves? I went under because I think 96 and a half is high. Okay. It's not because I don't over. believe in Atlanta. I think Atlanta is still in the playoffs. Definitely win a World Series. They're going to have Mike Soroka back too. The guy was a freaking finished second in Cy Young voting in his what second year in the league or something like that. The rotation is ridiculous. He also tore his Achilles twice. He did. That he did. Max Freed, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider. They actually sent Ian Anderson. Kyle Wright had 21 wins last year. Ian, they sent Ian Anderson down to AAA. Did that surprise you? Uh, no, because... This kid, his last name is Schuster, lefty. I, I'm curious if he's going to be their fifth starter. Mm. He, uh, this young kid, he's actually from Massachusetts, not far from. He's from, uh, I think, Western Mass. Uh, he pitched against the Red Sox twice, and I saw him. Good stuff, lefty. Younger, I don't know. I, you look really good. I think they like him more than Ian Anderson. If you were to do a general manager 
power rankings, I have Alex Anthopoulos. If not one, definitely number two. Yeah. Yeah. Him and uh, Andy Friedman. The Mets. Their number is set at 94 and a half. They finished second in the National League East last year. Yeah, they made same additions. How about guys like Justin Verlander, Omar Narvaez, Tommy Pham, Cota Senga, David Robertson, aforementioned, and Jose Quintana. They added him to the rotation as well. well Quintana's now, of course, out. Of course, yes, he's injured. That's a great point there. Also out is Edwin Diaz, out for the season due to his injury from the World Baseball sucks. Classic. That sucks. God, awful. Brandon Nimmo is also expected to start the season on the injured list after injuring his leg, sliding into second base in spring training. What did they ever say about that? I never saw anything on that. Like structural damage, anything? Was it just a sprain? Nothing was structural. So okay. sprain. They basically said like day-to-day soreness, but, you know, no yeah, The way it kind of got caught under him, I was worried about like meniscus or something. Didn't look good. No, he slid and his bottom cleat stuck. Mm-hmm. Or his his like straight leg when he was sliding stuck and it kind of just jammed his knee. That's what I was like, man, I hope that wasn't because if you squat down weird sometimes it can you can tear your meniscus. And the way it kind of jammed his knee, I was like, well, I hope that wasn't his meniscus, but clearly it wasn't. So that's good. I think I know your answer on this, considering your history. But what's the scariest play in baseball? Oh man, I'm guessing you're gonna say well blooper. Fly. Yeah, blooper pop fly. I think I think a I think a blooper yeah. where two guys are running full speed at each other. They're both yeah. calling it in a stadium full of fifty thousand people screaming, uh, and you can't hear it. Uh, it used to be double play balls, but it's not anymore because mm-hmm. of the rules uh, and the bigger bases. Um, yeah, it's got to be bloopers. Did you ever try the to catch it? What? Did you ever truck a catcher? Um, like once or twice, but it wasn't like terrible. It was like, you know, within the rules. Yeah. Yeah. It was like he came up the line. It wasn't like I was like head hunting. Like the throw brought him up the line and it was like as I was starting to slide, so I would just kind of like went into him my shoulder. It was mm-hmm. one of the things where he was like, I'm like, Are you good? He's like, Yeah, you good? And that was it. Cause he like understood. He came up the line five feet, six feet, and I had nowhere to go. So it wasn't like I purposely did that. He got in my way. I'm just in a good mood today. I just want to ask you questions. Go. Toughest player you ever played with, other than Dustin Pedroia? John Lackey's a tough motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting Cody Decker tough i didn't i didn't play with him that long i played with him briefly in triple a with the with the padres yeah in 2015 i'm thinking i'm thinking tough he can cut out some of this dead time too john lackey's up there mentally daniel bard even when he was going through his struggles or because of the struggles he went through? Because of the struggles and him having to retire because he couldn't throw a ball in the general vicinity of a, of the catcher. Went into coaching. I mean, we can, we can look up the story. Um, playing catch with some kids. I think he was coaching for the Diamondbacks at the time uh, in Arizona, which they share a complex with the Rockies who ended up signing him. Uh, I was playing catch with a kid and the kids was just – 
but like, man, dude, you're, you're bringing it. Like, let's get you on a mound and like, just see what you're doing. He's like, no, absolutely no shot Threw a bullpen. And it was like filth at like 95 and been pitching. And he's like, okay, well maybe I should try this, but that's gotta be so hard to pull yourself out of that. We, we can't even start to understand how hard that is to not be able to throw a baseball where you want to throw it. Mm-hmm. Like not even close. Um, after being one of the best setup men in baseball for a couple of years. And, you know, a lot of people want to blame the fact that the Red Sox made him a, a starter. He pitched in my debut. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, But uh, a, a lot of people blame the Red Sox for making him a starter, but I think he wanted to be a starter. Starters make more money. Sure. Um, I don't think that's why I got the yips. I, I don't. I think it was just mechanical, and then it just got in his head. You know? Maybe... And, Maybe our judicial system should consider finding some type of chemical given to certain prisoners that all of a sudden they have the yips and they have to pitch every single day of their lives. Is that cruel and unusual <laughs> cruel and unusual punishment? Yeah, but they wouldn't care because they didn't they weren't like one of the best ever. Fair enough. And then all of a sudden just couldn't find it. Yeah. Like think about I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a, a I don't know. Just think about like being driving, like uh, driving. Like you, you've been driving your entire life. You've never. That's gotten, a that's a good one. Like I was thinking more like you're a you know a surgeon. Like you do knee surgeries yeah. or something like that, and then all of a sudden you just like you can't do it anymore. Or like blood starts freaking you out, and like you mentally you just can't do the surgery. Anymore. Like just something like you you just can't do your job anymore. It's something that you are ingrained in you, and it's just gone. Like you never did it before. I wouldn't wish. And for him to dig himself out of that and get back to the big leagues and have a ERA that started with a one last year, one point seven three, sitting ninety eight in Colorado, in Colorado, which is a hitter friendly place. Bravo, my friend. So mentally, Daniel Bard, John Lackey, Dustin Pedroia were tough physically. I could play through a lot. Appreciate you uh, entertaining me for those few minutes. Yep. So I'm here. Anyways, back to the Nats clown. 94 and a half is what their win total is set at. I mentioned their additions, and then they lost Jacob DeGrom, who, again, you know, arguably the best pitcher in baseball, when healthy. 94 and a half, you take an over or under for the New York Mets. I'm taking under. I'm taking 92. I think they're still very good. They're still very talented offensively. Obviously, their starting pitching is very good. I think where they lose some games that they wouldn't have lost will be at the back end of the bullpen. Because of no no Edwin Diaz. Yeah. yeah. I think there might be a handful of blown saves because of him not being there. You got to know that Steve Cohen's going to get somebody, though. Maybe. I don't know what their farm system looks like. So, great point. The issue, the issue is like a team, if you come to, let's say he goes to the Kansas City Royals and says, I want Scott Barlow. Well, this is what Kansas City probably has written out, like what they would trade Scott Barlow for. But now it's going to be twice that because they know he is very aggressive and he knows they are backed into a corner and they absolutely need him. That's true. So they're going to overpay. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Um, You mentioned their farm system. Francisco Alvarez, top prospect in baseball. Catcher, right? Yeah, catcher. He's going to start the season in AAA. And then Brett Beatty, who did have some experience last year. He's also a top MLB prospect. Outfielder, first base? Corner infielder. 
Yeah, I think I saw him play first. I think he could play a little outfield too, if need be. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if those guys are available via trade. Because Steve Cohen's going to put everything out there to win a World Series. We know that. Will he put his farm system up for grabs? I don't know. But if midseason, he wants to put a World Series roster together. I mean, he went after Carlos Correa too. Didn't end up getting him. So they're going to go after everybody in that front office. One concerning fact about the Mets, maybe I'm overlooking, or excuse me, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking too much about this. But with the pitch clock and the new rules, the New York Mets had the slowest average pace their hitters did last year in all of baseball. I think you're overthinking it. So what does that? Best. What does that mean? Slowest pace. It means they took the longest time to get in the box yeah. to walk up to the dish. Yeah, they'll just. Kenley Jansen was the slowest pitcher to the plate all year for multiple years or between pitches. And, and he has absolutely loved the pitch clock and is actually working. They had to slow him down. Like he was throwing too, too soon. So I think professional players will just adjust. I think the majority of them will. Okay. And I think that, I think that rule will be laxed a little bit too. That eight second rule. Like we're not going to see a ton of those. I think they're talking about making some tweaks. And I think it's going to be more like if the hitters in the box, like they, they've been banging guys for strikes and they're in the box, like looking at the pitcher, but like swinging their bat, they don't have their bat up. Like, and that's a strike. Like get the fuck out of here. That, that's not a strike. This is major league baseball. If my two feet are in the box, that's enough. And I think they'll tweak that. So to your point, I don't think it's going to be an issue for the Mets. Mark cannot comes to mind because he prides himself on taking as long as he possibly can to get in the, but he sets the pace. Right. I'm not saying Mark Canna is going to have a terrible year. I just wonder the adjustments that he's going to make. Philadelphia Phillies, the reigning National League champions. 89 and a half is what their win total is, according to Vegas Insider. They were 87 and 75 last year. After firing Joe Girardi and bringing in Rob Thompson as their interim, they were 66 and 46. They went 20 games over 500 once Thompson took over. Key fact about the Phillies is Bryce Harper, of course, underwent Tommy John surgery. But the good news is that Bryce Harper is now potentially could be back by the end of May because the Phillies opted not to put him on a 60-day injured list. So, Which is interesting. Where would the 60-day take him to? I don't know the math. I just read headlines. I don't actually read things. The 60 days should take 60 days is two months. So why wouldn't they do that and then use a that that's actually I think dumb. You're gonna make me read, aren't you? Well, I just think it's dumb to not do it. If 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 you're looking at the that that tells me they think he's gonna be back like early to mid May. Because if it's the end of May, that's sixty days from the beginning of the season. Harper won't be put on the sixty day DL according to NBC Sports. They're leaving open the possibility to return to their lineup much sooner than the All Star break is what they're saying. Okay, but the sixty day if it starts if that starts March thirtieth, two so months. Says, so yeah, you're right. If he put he gets put on the sixty day, it would mean he couldn't be activated before the end of May. So now they're leaving open the possibility of him potentially so that would coming be back in, in May. But even if it's going to be like five days before that, it's dumb that they're not going to use that roster, roster spot. spot. Yeah. When two, for two months, you're not going to have him. Right. But anyways, I'm still taking the over. Yeah, I think this is a really good bet. 
If you're looking yeah. to put money on any of these, Phillies 89 and a half. Guys, I have the Mets and the Phillies both with 92 wins. You had Trey Turner to that lineup. Are you kidding? Did yeah. you see what he did in the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, put his name on the Declaration of Independence at this point. Right next to Johnny Hancock. Yeah, I said he could do better in a presidential race than Kanye West. Right now? Absolutely. I think Trey Turner <laughs> absolutely gets more votes than Kanye West. Yeah. Even be- even before all this new stuff, though, I think even better than Kanye West did in the last election. I don't know. I don't know. We're not getting into that. Fair enough. We don't talk about that shit on here. All right. But uh, I got him in 92 wins. Harper comes back, obviously a big deal. In our breakout players, Alec Bohm, I think, has a big year. They add Taiwan Walker. That's huge. He's you know very what's good. weird, too, is they actually had a better record in the regular season without Harper than they did with Harper, which makes zero sense at all. But it just it proves how sustainable their offense is. It proves how strong. Yeah, don't forget, they have Kyle Schwarber, too. They added Josh Harrison. You mentioned Taiwan Walker, Turner. They're bullpen guys. Alvarado. Ew. You already had had Dominguez and Alvarado, right? Nasty. We saw what they did. Sir Anthony. All of a sudden, now you're bringing in Craig Kimbrell. And I know his stuff isn't the same as I know. He was a flip of a coin last year. We'll see. And Gregory Soto, who's an all-star caliber pitcher. From Detroit. From Detroit, who's got electric stuff. You have Who they trade over Detroit? Like Matt Veerling and somebody else. I don't remember. Yeah, four or five guys. I... From the seventh inning on, as long as the Phillies are in the bullpen, it's going to be 98 and above. With movement. With movement. Alvarado is sick. Lefties, righties, different arm slots, and it's all going to be upper 90s fastballs. Yeah, no, they're they're good. That's why, yeah, I like over. I think that's a good bet. That is tough. And they get a boost with Harper coming back. I'm taking you over as well. Yep. Now to your favorite team outside of the Oakland A's. My sleeper team, Miami Marlins. Which Yeah, they're going to be sleeping. 75 and a half, which gave me pause because I think that is kind of high for a win total for a team that won 69 games last year. Yeah. 69 and 93 they went, Miami did. Last time they had 76 or more wins, which is what they would need to get the over, was 2017, back when they had Giancarlo. They added When Luis are they going to trade Sandy? Why would you trade Sandy? Fuck. Because he's just wasting his life. He's so good. He's got. He's like Degrom to me. I think Miami. Miami's trying to get in the playoffs though. Like they're at a point. I I I think Sandy Alcantara is better than Jacob Degrom. I mean, he's definitely healthier. That's why he's better. He's reliable, yeah. and he goes eight innings every time he pitches. Yeah, the dude's got a freaking. Even Degrom's going six arm. and out like he's nasty for six innings but he's got 100 pitches so you take him out so he doesn't die i think i agree sandy is definitely more valuable Agreed for sure mm-hmm. but we don't like talk about, about it because he's still on a shit team right that's what i like about miami though is their rotation so you're looking at sandy jesus lazardo i know they lost pablo lopez i know i have my personal crushes on lazardo and i've gotten criticism for it but i still like the kid Just keep him off the playstation we'll be fine Johnny Cueto, they added. Trevor Rogers was great two years ago, was not good last year. Right. Injuries. Uh, and Edward Cabrera, who had a really strong season last year. And oh, yeah. Pablo but, Lopez, that, that kind of hurts him. Yeah, losing Pablo Lopez. For Did sure. you say six, though? 
I was just going to say, so Sixto Sanchez, maybe he could be in the fold in some time. I don't He's know. He's had a ton of injuries. Who so knows? He, was a, he was a top prospect in Philly when I was there. So he was also rehabbing then when I was rehabbing my leg all summer in Clearwater. So he was there. Got to know Sixto a little bit. He was the he was the key piece in the JT Romuto trade. Yep. So, Miami would love to get something out of that trade. Also, number 13 overall prospect in all of baseball, Yuri Perez, could be expected to join the team. And Max Meyer, number 67 overall prospect. Those are both they, starting pitchers. They also lost their shortstop. Oh, and Miggy Rojas. You're right, they did. But... They signed Jose Iglesias, Gene Segura, Luis Ariz. Yeah. To fill the void. So you're going over? Yeah. Just over, though. You're probably thinking like 77. Yeah. I got him just under at 74. I can't talk this talk about Miami and then not hit the over. You know what there I mean? Is like, poten- there's potential, but it's unproven potential that we have no idea. Agreed. I, I can't hype this team up though and then be like, oh, I'm taking the under. Like, right. I, don't you, know, you know, hypocritical that would be. You don't think they're going to win 80 games, do you? I can see them win 80. Yeah. I think they're going to be in contention for a playoff spot. I know. For, for much of the season. Now, all of a sudden, September comes around. You're playing big time games. Injuries happen. I could see them kind of fall off the table, but kind of similar to like what Arizona was last year. Like, oh, like Arizona's in it. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like they're they like got this a year shot. too. I think, like they, yeah, they got a shot. You know what I mean? Like there's okay. always. I don't. I don't stuff. agree, but I respect you sticking to your guns. I'm going under, just under 74. And then we can both say this together. Uh, <laughs> the Nationals, three, two, one, under. under. <laughs> Six feet under. It, Come on, they don't deserve it. But I, I got them. I got them winning 57 games. I got 57. They went 55 and 107 last year with half of a season with Soto and half. Yeah, but that wasn't regular Soto. No, but he did not play well. He did not play well. No. Yeah. But what the Nationals have going for them right now is they have a ton of of young talent, but they're not going to win many games. So they're interesting because they're going to be able to see what they have from Mackenzie Gore, who showed a lot of promise. Right. The the good the good thing when a team is this bad, you do have young guys, and instead of saying, you know what, he struggled his last three starts, we got to send him to AAA. Yeah. Nope, you don't. You let them develop in the big leagues, and yep. you can do that, and that's how you can build yourself. You can also uh, give yourself some trade value if you need to. Um so that's the one positive is they can let their young guys that they see a future with just play. And if there's no pressure, we don't expect to win. Just go play. Josiah Gray showed some stuff last year. CJ Abrams could be an absolute stud. That dude's a freak of an athlete at shortstop. Yeah. Kate Cavalli, unfortunately, is going to miss the entire season after undergoing Tommy John. He was their top pitching prospect. Dude's got 99 plus as a starting pitcher. He's got a lecture stuff. Another reason why they probably won't go over 59 and a half is because some of their top prospects, including some of them that they got in the trade for Juan Soto, Robert Hassel, James Wood, they're number 35 and 17 uh, ranked prospect in Major League Baseball, respectively. And then Elijah Green is number 46. Those guys aren't expected to be in the big leagues this year. So a lot of their top prospects, they're not big league ready right now. So if you think the Nationals are going to win 60 games, 
might want to look yourself in the mirror because uh, it could be a tough, tough year in uh, in the nation's capital. And <laughs> sixty is not a lot. It's not a lot, but you're still losing a hundred plus games. Yeah, like I I played on a team that lost ninety three games in twenty my rookie year, and I felt like we didn't win any games. My first year in college, we went. 10 and 40. We had the biggest turnaround in college baseball history of any level. Next year, we went 40 something. And yeah, we were 69 and 93, I believe. And that felt like really bad. I can't imagine losing less than 60 games. Like it was so hard to go to the field every day. And that was my rookie season. I was still so excited to be there, but it was like, Oh, San Diego man. had to have been disappointing though because of the hype that your squad had that year. Yeah, LA was really good. LA but was really good. Yeah. We were decent, and then they fired our manager. Like they fired Buddy Black, and yeah. that's when it really fell apart. And then they started trading everyone. So I was like, it really the last two full months they hardly won any games, and that made it look worse than it was. I don't know. It was just a weird. Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird season. Yeah, I think they were just ahead of their skis a little bit san diego like they wanted to they wanted to turn the page but they didn't actually have the. it's like they got cold feet and they're like yeah let's just get rid of these guys and keep rebuilding our system yeah yeah i don't know it's weird sorry washington 59 and a half good luck to you that's the block um maybe you could go i don't know go to the washington monument to fill your time during the summer I, i don't know what there is to do in dc or, you know what you could do if you're a national fan, is you could try and join the Wake and Rake podcast, Fantasy Baseball League. 12-team head-to-head league. It's points league. It's going to be an online snake draft. Our buddy Ryan Wesner is going to be the commissioner. Yeah, test your knowledge against me and Brooksy, because we're going to have a team, too. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Brooksy's not the biggest fantasy baseball expert. Um, but I guess time will tell. We're going to draw names out of a hat. That's the best way to do it. I know it's 2023 and we're still drawing names out of a hat to figure things out. So I'm going to draw 10 names out of a hat. One team is ours. One team is the commissioner with Ryan Wesner. So the first 10 names I draw out of this hat are going to be part of the first Wake and Rake podcast, Fantasy Baseball League. Let's do it. And by the way, the draft is going to be this week, considering opening day is this week too. Uh, we're going to have to speed things up a little bit. All right. So the uh, first one, at SportFanTX. Some of these have names. Some of them have Twitter handles. We'll hit you up on Twitter. Uh, Jerry Sullivan. Can't even read my own handwriting on this one. Doogie Baseball, I think is what it says. We'll figure it out. I think it's Doogie Baseball. At Doogie Baseball. Congratulations. Uh, Brian Cates. Welcome to League Brian. Cody Engstrom. Eddie Mullen. How many names have we pulled? One, two, three, four, five, six. So we got, yeah, a few more to go. Blaine Shores. At 9KC72. Josh Schwartz. Last but not least, Matt Wintner, the final player. The Wake Rank Podcast, Fantasy Baseball League. Congratulations, 
to everyone who made it. Here's what I want to do because there are there's going to be a league fee. There's going to be some people that drop out. Typically, that's just how it goes. So I want to draw a few more names here to see who are going to be our essentially um, honorable mention, I guess, for lack of a better term. If anyone drops out or if anyone doesn't want to play, these next few names are going to be next up on the list. So you're kind of like on call, I guess. Alex Washington. Andy Lamb. We'll do four. At JRust90. And Chris Vogel. So those few that I just listed, we will contact you too. If anybody who was selected to be in the league doesn't want to join, whatever the reason may be, you're next in line. In that order exactly too. So we'll let you know. Regardless, it's going to be a fun league. Don't kick her ass too bad. All right. Appreciate Ryan Wesner for putting this on. It's going to be a good thing. We're going to continue win totals. As we approach opening day, we had American League East on the last episode. We just cranked out the National League East. Um, I'm getting excited, man. A few days yep. away. World Baseball Classic was fantastic. We're a week yeah. away from opening day. Oh, yeah. You pack One your week. bags. Pack your bags for Boston. You're going to be doing pre and post game on Nesson. Um, I will be tuning in as your biggest fan, as you know. That's what I do. Believe it. More win totals coming up. Wake and Rake Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Part of the Believe Network. See you next time, party people. Peace.